You're listening to The Garrett Ashley Mullet Show on Anchor FM. I'm Garrett Ashley Mullet, and I want to talk about everything. Welcome back to The Garrett Ashley Mullet Show. Today is August 25th, 2021. This is episode 201 of The Garrett Ashley Mullet Show overall. Yesterday was episode 200, and I did a recap on things I've learned so far in podcasting the past 100 episodes, from episode 100 to 200, and also my hopes for the future of this podcast. I also did a recap on the most popular episodes. Check it out. Go back and listen if you haven't yet. But I did something else yesterday as well, and I want to talk about it. What I did was I tried something new. I tried recording a reaction video. And if you don't know what this is, I'll give you what Wikipedia says about it in any event. The Wikipedia article for reaction video says that a reaction video is a video in which people react to something. Videos showing the emotional reactions of people Viewing television series episodes, film trailers, and music videos are numerous and popular on video hosting services such as YouTube. The depicted persons may or may not be aware that they are being recorded. In some cases, the video to which people react is shown within the reaction video, allowing the reaction video's viewers to see what is being reacted to. On television, reaction clips have been, for a long time, a feature of Japanese variety shows showing celebrities and Tarento, I don't know, I don't know what that is, reacting to video clips, an evolution of earlier 1970s Japanese TV quiz shows that featured audience participants responding to questions. Fuji Television's Naruhodo, The World, in 1981, introduced a format where a panel of celebrities and comedians watched brief videos and answered questions on the video. This eventually evolved into the Waipu format where a waipu box superimposed on the corner of the screen shows a celebrity or Tarento reacting to a video clip. The reaction format is still widely used in Japanese variety shows where it is the equivalent of a laugh track on American television shows. Online, one of the first viral reaction videos was that of a child reacting to the Scary Maze Game prank on YouTube in 2006. Beginning in 2007, reaction videos began to proliferate on the internet. Among their first topics were reactions to the scat fetish. Never mind, I'm not going to read the rest of that. By 2011, videos of people recording themselves reacting to film trailers had become a staple of services such as YouTube. Numerous reaction videos for particularly popular or shocking television events, such as the 2013 Game of Thrones episode, The Reigns of Castamere, have themselves become the subject of commentary. In 2013, the British TV channel 4 converted the reaction video format into a TV show through Gogglebox. In this reality show, families or groups of friends watching and discuss popular... That's grammatically not correct. Sorry, Wikipedia. That was not your best moment. This is apparently a reaction audio to this Wikipedia article on reaction videos. 
In 2013, the British TV channel Channel 4 converted the reaction video format into a TV show through Gogglebox. In this reality show, families or groups of friends watch and discuss popular television broadcasts of the previous week in their own homes. The format was successful and spawned licensed adaptations in other television markets. So here's reception. That was history on reaction videos. Brief history, unless you're in Japan. Here's the reception. Sam Anderson, commenting on the phenomenon for the New York Times Magazine, described it as encapsulating the fundamental experience of the Internet in that it involves watching screens on which people watch screens in a potentially infinite regression. So that is to say, you could do a reaction video of somebody doing a reaction video of somebody doing a reaction video to somebody doing a reaction video, apparently. So on and so forth, ad infinitum. Uh, it's compared to Perseus looking at Medusa in the reflection of his shield. Much like the later videos featuring reactions to items of popular culture, Anderson wrote, such videos provide the appeal of experiencing at a time of increasing cultural difference, the comforting universality of human nature in showing people of all backgrounds reacting similarly to a shared cultural experience. In Crave Online, Whitney Seibold derided reaction videos as graceless and narcissistic because they merely reflected immediate emotional reactions and doubted that the reactions of a person aware of being filmed could in fact reflect the honest emotional response promised by the format. <clears throat> so that is the Wikipedia article on reaction videos. Now, I'm going to react to this Wikipedia article on reaction videos a little bit more. I think it could be. The, the feedback that reaction videos are graceless and narcissistic, narcissistic, I think that could be a case. Uh, that could be a situation here. But is that the only way that people react to things. I mean, it, it kind of presumes that that's the only way a person can react to things is narcissistically. Is it narcissistic to be curious about how other people experience these images and these sound bites and these ideas moreover? Is that narcissistic to be curious about what the raw, unedited, unproduced responses from other people to these ideas. Now, obviously, there's a point here that's valid, and this is true of all psychological studies. When a subject knows they're being observed, it always changes the behavior of the subject. Because now the subject of your study is not just reacting to the phenomenon, the incident, the circumstance, the situation, the stimulant that you're trying to study the reaction to, now that they know you're observing them, you're watching them react to this thing, now they're reacting to you because you are included in this phenomenon. You're included now as the observer in this stimulant or this condition or what have you. And so that's worth bearing in mind but intentionally doing a reaction video, I think it's not much different than doing commentary on anything at all. Or at least it doesn't have to be different. I think our emotional responses to things are a kind of truth statement. They reflect what we believe to be true. And 
what we believe to be not true, what we believe to be good, what we believe to be not good. And so our emotional responses, they can be a whole lot of fluff and nothing, or they can add texture, depth, dimensionality to the things that we're saying. So to give you an example, I've been talking here lately on the podcast about wanting to get better at communication in a comprehensive way. And part of what I mean by that is not just picking the right words and knowing their definitions and making sure they're not too complex and they're not too simple and making sure that I'm communicating truth in the exact words, but I want to make sure I'm communicating truth in every part of my communication. I want to make sure that my face is communicating that I believe these things that are true, that are good. I want my body language, my hand gestures, my actions, my posture, my whole being. I want my whole heart, mind, soul, strength, all of it to be communicating truth, to be operating in accordance with reality, in particularly the reality as God created it. So God is part of reality and not just a part, but he's central. And when Jesus says the first and greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind, we do well to think about the ways that that truth should be expressed. It shouldn't just be expressed verbally. We say these words, repeat after me. If we truly believe these things, we're going to communicate that we believe by what we do as well. Now, a lot of people get very uncomfortable once you start talking about doing and works because there was a whole Protestant Reformation in the West over whether we're saved by grace through faith, not of works, lest any man should boast, as Paul writes, or whether we should put more emphasis on what James writes, James the half-brother of Jesus when he says that faith without works is dead. Faith alone is what saves us. But faith that saves us by grace is never alone. Our faith is never alone. It's never just a truth statement that we utter with our lips. Jesus says that this people honors God with their lips, but their hearts are far from him. And we know that that's not just a possibility, that's a probability if we're not intentional, if we're not careful. We can say one thing and we can do another. But I think the whole reaction video thing is part of a, a struggle with content creators who have big budgets, who have very talented actors who make this their life's ambition to be really, really good at pretending. Uh, computer graphics designers CGI creators who increasingly are able to make things that didn't actually happen look like they happened through the power of computer graphics, through the power of technology. Careful editing and putting a score in there. It's all so very, very produced. But sometimes for it being so highly produced, we might miss the sleight of hand, that this is not actually true. I mean, not only did this not actually happen the way this is being portrayed, 
in the way that it's being portrayed, but there's a truth claim being made here through the medium of this TV show, movie, piece of music, magazine article, book, news coverage, uh, segment. Not only did this not actually happen in the details that are being presented to us in the way that they're being presented to us, but a truth claim is being made, which is not true. And so what's the counterpoint? How do you balance that? Well, maybe I'm just thinking out loud here for a second. Maybe part of how you balance that is by people reacting without all of the prep work. There's an interesting book Malcolm Gladwell wrote a number of years ago. I would recommend to you on this subject. It's called Blink. And I don't remember the subtitle. There is a subtitle, but the main title is Blink. And the whole book is about the difference between intuitive, gut-level, instant judgment, thinking, reasoning, which is a type of thinking and reasoning. There's different parts of our brain, and some of those parts of our brain handle certain functions more than others. But that's a kind of thinking, and it happens in parts of our brain that are in there for a reason, that God created for a reason. But there's another kind of thinking that we usually more typically think of as thinking, and we think that it is probably a better kind of thinking, and it isn't necessarily a better kind of thinking. It's just a different kind of thinking. And sometimes this other kind of thinking where we meditate on the decision and the factors, and we do a deep dive analysis, and we make flowcharts, and we make spreadsheets, and we really, really dissect all of the elements, sometimes that kind of thinking makes us feel better, makes us feel more confident that we've come to the right decision. But sometimes we actually use those kinds of thinking to talk ourselves out of what we know we ought to do. Or we talk ourselves out of the uncomfortable reality instead of helping ourselves to see more clearly reality as it is. And so essentially, through a whole book's worth of analysis back and forth, examples, anecdotes, facts, or at least claims from the latest science on brains and psychology, ideally, we do both, both and, not one or the other, not either or, no false dichotomy here. We do both, and we use as much of our brain as we can, but we put things in their proper order, and we recognize the benefits and the risks and the costs, the costs and the benefits of each way of thinking. So all of that said, it brings me to why I personally am going to try doing these reaction videos. For one thing, I blame or thank, depending on how this goes, <laughs> uh, my cousin Micah, because my cousin Micah has been suggesting this for quite some time. He thinks that, and thought, when I was doing the YouTube videos last year, which I did. I, I, I started doing these long, hour-long YouTube videos on different subjects last summer. And just so you know, it, it's a much less polished thing from an audio standpoint than what this podcast is now, because I had to figure out how to do audio editing better 
the audio is much, much better on this podcast, especially since the beginning of 2021, because I figured out Audacity. I figured out how to bring the specs of this podcast into line with, or at least closely into line with what the requirements are for audible audiobooks being submitted. And I go back and I listen to some of that stuff that I produced last summer, these long form YouTube videos, and I groan because it's like, oh man, that is so much worse. That is so, so much worse. But the flip side is, okay, it's not the best, but didn't I need to produce some content like this before I was going to be able to produce content like I am now. And if some of the content I'm producing now is a bit rough, take heart because when I record episode 300 and do a recap on episodes from this one, 201 to 300, it's going to be that much better if I keep on striving to be more disciplined more skillful, more diligent, more of the things that I need to be in order for this to be a a value. Well, so also with the reaction video. So the first reaction video I did, Micah recommended a podcast from Protestia, which is a intellectual property of J.D. Hall and company. And this podcast episode is called Alone, all caps. And it's from May of this year, he's bemoaning the fact that other people are getting credit and thanking one another and patting themselves on the back for what he's been doing for longer and he's been doing it better and harder and faster and stronger. And so I I watched this video and I reacted to it. And so that's up there on YouTube now. I'll throw a link in the episode description for this episode of the podcast. You can go check it out. But I sent this around to a couple of people, and it's different. I know it's different. That's part of why I'm doing it is because it's different than what I've done. This podcast venture was not so great. It was not This podcast venture was not as good as my blogging when I very first started podcasting. My blogging was better than my podcasting when I very first started because I had a not great microphone, and... I wasn't doing any audio mixing. I wasn't doing any adjusting levels and things like that. I wasn't doing a lot of things that I do now. Even if I do them quickly, I do a lot of things to try and make the sound quality not obnoxious, not infuriating, not frustrating, not irritating to the ears so that you can actually just focus on what it is that I'm saying. Now, what I'm actually saying might be, regardless of the sound quality, might be obnoxious, might be not so good, but at least, you know, we're, we're making progress. We're, we're getting, by God's grace, better. Well, so also, if you go and check out this first reaction video, which I'd like to do some more of soon, so that there's not just one up there where I'm mocking and ridiculing Jordan Hall, I want to do some more on some other things that I think are interesting or concerning or we need to think about, talk about in a certain way, and I don't see us doing that. Do some other reaction videos. But if you go check out the first one I did, the very first one I did that I uploaded yesterday afternoon, you're going to recognize that it's not as polished, 
as this podcast is. It's if you've been following my work since 2015 or from the days when I was doing the blogging thing in earnest, you're going to see it's not as polished as that material was it is. But I'm content to look a little bit silly for a while. I saw this meme the other day and I thought it was really neat. Uh, It was on LinkedIn. And of course, with a lot of people out of work because they were laid off, they lost their jobs, they lost their businesses in the past year with COVID lockdowns, economic recession, et cetera, et cetera. There's a lot of people that are still trying to figure out where they can best position themselves to work and make a living. And there's a number of other people that held on to their jobs who were frustrated. They were frustrated with the way that their company handled things and they are just profoundly unhappy and they want to get out and they want to do something else. And so there's a lot of people talking about changing jobs, doing something else. And I see this post on LinkedIn and I don't know the guy real well, but he sent me a connection request years ago. So his stuff, his stuff shows up in my feed now and then, but the picture he posted was, I think it was a mural on some brick wall someplace. And it said, it was all just text in a frame, have the courage to suck at something new, have the courage to suck at something new. In other words, if you aren't willing to look a little bit silly, you're never going to try anything different. You're never going to try and expand your horizons. But if you're willing for it to not be perfect as you're getting the hang of it, as you're figuring it out, then that's how you grow. That's how you expand your horizons. That's how you develop as a person. And that's how you accomplish things. Thomas Edison once famously said that he found, I think it was a thousand ways to not make a light bulb. Tried a lot of different materials, filaments, voltages, and it was failure after failure after failure after failure. Lots of note taking, lots of documentation. Okay, well, that didn't work. And that one, and that one. And oh, and this one's a little bit better. Still no, still no cigar, but we're onto something. Let's try that a little bit more. Let's try it with a little bit less. Let's try that a little bit differently from a different angle. And voila, now we have not just electricity in our homes, but we have electric lights in our homes. Whereas before, before he was willing to fail a thousand times, we were lighting our homes with candles and gas lamps, primarily gas lamps. I don't know if any of you have ever been in a home where the lighting is by gas, but there was a general store in Southern Ohio that I remember we went to from time to time when I was in high school. And it was an Amish general store in Amish country. And they sold some really fantastic baked goods and handmade items. And it was very, very uh, well shopped because the Amish make good quality stuff. And I hail from Amish on my dad's side, Mennonites on my dad's side. But I go into the store with my mom, with my brother on a somewhat 
regular basis. And because the Amish are trying to not do the technology thing, they still light their structures, a lot of them, with gas lamps. And so I'm struck by that because the lighting is not so good. It's not as strong. It's not as powerful. You can't see as well. And besides that, it's dangerous. It's dangerous to light your home with gas because sometimes the oil lamp tips over and it catches fire to the house. The house catches fire in a way that your electric lamp probably is not going to. Not guaranteeing, but it's probably not going to. So it was a major benefit, not just from being able to see standpoint, but from a safety standpoint, that Thomas Edison was willing to try and fail a thousand times or more trying to invent a light bulb. It's this little thing. What's the big deal? Well, it's, it's a very big deal, whether we can see at night, whether we can see when the sun goes down or when it's dark and cloudy out. We can see inside our homes during storms in the winter. That's a very big deal. And it has helped us to live happier, more productive lives, maybe less restful lives, but safer and more productive lives at least. And I'm not saying that me taking to reaction videos is going to be like the invention of the light bulb. But then again, I am hoping anyways that taking to something new is not really, when you zoom out, it's not really taking to something new because the main goal remains being able to communicate, being able to talk about and to worldview in a country where even the ostensibly Christian culture doesn't always put enough effort and time and passion and brain power and brain cells and work into cultivating worldview. Now, one of the problems with cultivating worldview from only a cerebral standpoint is that we're still not bringing our passions to bear. We're not bringing our heart to bear. And that's not good. That's not actually, I mean, besides not being as fun, that's not as obedient as we should be, could be, and are commanded to be. The greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. Heart, soul, strength, and mind. Not just with all of your mind. Not just with all your heart, but not with just all of your mind. And not just with all of your strength. And not just with all of your soul. Heart, soul, strength, and mind. The entire person. Bring the entire person. Whatsoever your hand finds to do, do it with your might as unto the Lord. Do your best to present yourselves to God as workers who need not be ashamed and approved as one approved, a worker who needs not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. I would contend that rightly dividing the word of truth requires more than just having the correct definition, being able to diagram a sentence. Rightly dividing the word of truth means we bring the entire person, our entire selves, to the task of presenting our bodies as a living sacrifice. So we'll see how it goes. It's going to be bumpy. 
And I, as with the podcasting, as with the blogging, if you check out some of these reaction videos and you have some thoughts, some suggestions, some questions, some recommendations of videos you'd like me to do a reaction to, I would very much appreciate it. I think that would be fun. Not all of them are going to be as long as the one I did regarding J.D. Hall. I'd like ideally for some of these to be 5-10 minutes reacting to music, reacting to news stories, reacting to speeches, reacting to movie trailers or what have you. Uh, get just a very broad range of arts and sciences and life, worldview, everything. My name is Geared Ashley Mullet, and I want to talk about everything. So that's all I've got for this episode. As always, thank you for listening. Until next time, God bless. You've been listening to The Garrett Ashley Mullet Show on Anchor FM. For more content like what you just heard, subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. Also check out thegarrettashleymulletshow.com to subscribe to email alerts when new episodes are published. As always, you can reach me with any comments, questions, complaints, objections, or insights at garrettashleymullet at protonmail.com.